Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. What a delight to be back with you again today. It is reported that Albert Einstein once said, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Well, tax-free compound interest must be the ninth wonder. Chris Tanner is the senior sales and education manager at New Directions Trust Company. He educates people on the power of using self-directed IRAs and solo 401ks. He has been self-directing his own retirement plans since 2007. So Chris, take us into the show and share a memorable experience that helped you to be who you are. Yeah. And Alan, thanks for having me today. And when I was a young married man, I had two young children. I used to have a very different career. I I was in pharmaceutical sales, very lucrative job with car and they paid for cell phone, lots of benefits. And back then was a little bit before cell phones really kicked in. We used to dial into an automated voice message system. And on one particular Friday, I dialed in and I was literally informed by voicemail that my job was no longer going to be there. I was laid off by a voicemail on a Friday afternoon. So there I was, I was a young husband with two kids and a wife. And it became very clear early on, I was in my early 30s at the time, that just working a job and counting entirely on a job was not the best way to go. All of a sudden, I was out income lost my car. So that's what began or kicked off the idea that I have to find other ways of producing income. And so that was a real transformative time in my life because, you know, sometimes life slaps you in the face and you you have to respond. And so that's what got me down the path to, I'm also a real estate investor, although I do happen to do more and specialize in retirement plans now, but that was a big event for me. No kidding. What a crude way to to lay somebody off. I've crude things in layoff processes, but boy, that takes the cake. Wow. Yeah. Jeez, I can't even believe it. How cold. Well, particularly cold, right? I mean, I've that wasn't the only time I was ever laid off in my life, but yeah, voice message was that uh, <laughs> told me about how much value I had, I guess, and so yeah. I, I became clear. Better start focusing on other things outside of that kind of career. For sure, yeah, and I'm sure I am sure as you look back on it, you're going, "Wow, I'm glad I got out of that company. They had to have been horrible." Yeah. Well, let's get into IRS and what they have provided in terms of retirement accounts how it is that people can self-direct outside of the stock. Yeah, you know, it's actually an interesting thing because I don't think a lot of people even know that they have options outside of Wall Street. And believe it or not, the current retirement system has been around since the mid-70s. There were laws that were passed back then that introduced IRAs and 401ks. So the idea or the concept of self-directed IRAs and 401ks, believe it or not, goes that far back. We'll call it 45 years or so, a little bit more than that. But I believe that the key to this is that the IRS doesn't necessarily tell us so much about what we can invest in. They actually give us a lot of options. And the financial world, and I'll I'll kind of refer to Wall Street in general as the financial world, they've sort of taken over that industry, the retirement industry. And they offer publicly traded securities because it's 
easy for them to offer. And they don't offer other things like investing in real estate because they're not easy things to serve as a custodian for. And so the ability to invest in these things has always been there, but I think the education and the marketing dollars to promote it haven't been there. The Wall Street's not really interested in having you go out, invest in real estate, whatever form that looks like, because they're not going to be the custodian for that. So it's been there quite a while. And it's just a matter of learning about it and some of the rules that are involved with doing this type of investing. It is amazing that so few people really know about them. But of course, and there's a lot of fear. It's not just necessarily that people don't know about it. Even people who know about it seems to have a tremendous amount of fear out of moving their monies away from these, from where their advisors direct them to put their money. And there are advisors out there who actually do advise people about self-directed IRA accounts. And actually, we've had a few of those people on our program, but by and large, they're a rarity for sure. Not many advisors out there are going to tell you about self-directed IRAs. So how do we go about finding ways and means to use our retirement accounts? to self-direct them in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. And to your point, I agree. It can be a scary thing to self-direct. And the key word there is self-direct. So if somebody opens up one of these accounts, there's not a financial advisor telling them what to invest in. And as a custodian, we don't actually offer investments. And so the important thing to know is that if somebody's wanting to get involved in these types of investments, I usually tell people sometimes it works backwards. You need to sort of have the investment in mind first, and then you come find us because it typically works best that way. But in terms of getting involved or learning more, I always encourage people to visit a self-directed custodian's website. We offer a lot of education. You know, there's going to be webcasts and podcasts and things like what you're doing right here that people can watch videos or we have guides that they can download, just lots of information. They can always call. We field a lot of just informative calls like, how does this work? What are the fees? Can you tell me about the process? All of those types of things. Just a matter of reaching out. And we're more than happy to answer questions and even give you things to think about you maybe didn't didn't know you should be thinking about, if that makes sense. Well, segueing into information and education, as you just mentioned it, how in the world can we find you and take advantage of all of these free information and educational opportunities? So the easiest way is to visit the website. So our, my company is called New Direction Trust Company, and the website is the initials of the company. So it's ndtco.com. So New Direction Trust Company. Once you get there, there are multiple ways you can contact us, whether it's by phone or by email, and it, you know, just an opportunity to check out what we have in terms of education and, and things of that nature. Well, as we started out the program, Chris, we mentioned the fact that the ninth wonder of the world is a tax-free investing. Explain this to us because regular IRAs, I mean, they're tax deferred, but we're still paying taxes. We just don't pay it until we retire, which to me doesn't always sound like a very wonderful idea because that's the last time I want to be last time that I want to be paying taxes is when I'm old. So how do we make this a tax-free investment? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm going to answer that with a conversation I had recently. I was presenting at a real estate investor group meeting and they kind of wrapped up the conversation with, Chris, tell us about your perfect investment. And I said, you know, my perfect investment is to put it in either a Roth 
IRA or a Roth 401k, both of which can be self-directed. And I said, I'd love to have that in real estate. In fact, I have one of those right now. I happen to live in Colorado and the real estate, like everywhere in the country is appreciated significantly. And I said, the beauty of holding it in this Roth IRA is that, and I, if I choose to sell it, it's appreciated significantly. It makes monthly cash flow. And if I decided and I wanted to just be done with it, I could sell it, put the money in my account, and it's 100% tax-free. I don't have to do 1031 exchanges. I don't have to worry about capital gains. Any of the things that when we invest outside of retirement, those are things we have to think about. So tax-free, the IRS, I think, just gave us the gift. It's just my personal opinion when they gave us a vehicle to do tax-free. Now, there are some rules. And so there are some seasoning rules that I don't know that I'd want to get into. But when we say tax-free, typically we're talking about at the point where you reach 59 and a half. And when you've had one of those accounts open for five years, you can literally tap into that account tax-free. So unlike the tax-deferred accounts, when you're 72 years old and you have to start taking money out, you're going to be paying taxes. I would sure love the opportunity to take that money out tax-free because I don't know what the taxes are going to look like when I retire. The government might move them up. They might move them down. And I don't know what my income is going to look like. I don't know what tax bracket I'm going to be in at that point in time. So I like to take those worries off the table. And that's why the Roth accounts are so interesting to me is I don't have to be concerned with if I'm still in a high income bracket at that time. I don't care. That money comes out tax-free. And if the tax rates go up, I don't worry about that either. Well, thank you for that explanation, Chris. Tell us about the difference between the solo 401ks, the Roth 401ks. You explained the difference between just a regular 401k. But tell us what is a solo 401k? How does it differ from a regular? And I'm really glad you brought this question up because I think most people have heard the term self-directed IRA. And Everybody's familiar with that, but I don't think they have a lot of familiarity with a solo 401k. So the first thing that's important for people to know is that a 401k is a corporate retirement plan. So there is some eligibility to be aware of. So these plans are are for people that might be self-employed or small business owners. So there has to be an active and ongoing business in place because that becomes the plan sponsor. If somebody's a W-2 employee and they have no business of any kind outside of that W-2, unfortunately, they're not eligible for the solo 401k. But the solo 401k is a unique tool in that it's sort of like several plans in one. So if somebody's eligible for it, it works a lot like 401ks do if somebody had a corporate job. And I think a lot of people have had that experience. The contributions are very similar to the way it would work at a corporate job. What I like to tell people is that you can typically contribute up to about 10 times what you can into an IRA. And so just as an example, you know, a Roth IRA, you could put six or $7,000 into. Done correctly, depending on your age, we're talking about dollar amounts in the 60,000s. So 61,000 if you're younger than 50, but closer to 67,000 if you're over 50. So you can put a lot more money away in these plans and the money can be put in as either tax deferred or as Roth contributions. So that's the one plan has both options. So it's really a versatile type plan. I, I, I love the solo 401k. So it would be ideal for doctors or lawyers, architects, or whoever has their own private practice of any sort. 
Sounds to me like. And just more flexibility. You can put in up to 60, but you, you could put in $1,000. There's no, no limit other than the cap on, on that. Is that correct? It's, it's discretionary, which means you don't, you're not forced to uh, contribute. So as the, technically, the, usually the business owner is the plan administrator which means they make all the decisions. They get to set the rules for the plan. Obviously, we'll help guide people when they're setting up that plan. But yeah, they can max out the contributions or decide they don't want to make contributions. It's very flexible. And of course, the plans that we establish open up the ability to invest outside of the stock market. So be that real estate, private equity, which I know you do with this steed talker capital or precious metals, things of that nature. So they all of those are available through that solo 401k. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's my understanding with your solo 401ks, you could employ your spouse or your children and contribute through their accounts as well. Is that correct? Or, or am I mistaken about that? It is. Yeah. And I think we have some sharp individuals and I would always say, check with your CPA. We don't offer accounting advice, but yes, you can. Just be careful with it. If you have a five-year-old child, you can employ, but the job has to be equivalent to their age, if that makes sense. So you just want to be intelligent with how you use that, but you're correct. You absolutely can employ a spouse, children, and what a wonderful gift, you know, legitimate income. You know, we're not talking about you're just putting money in and the children don't do anything. You know, the IRS does have some rules to contribute to a Roth 401k for a child or your spouse. And it's wonderful for a child because think of their tax bracket. You know, they're probably not going to have any tax up to a certain threshold. I mean, it's a wonderful time to get them started on on that kind of a program. So uh, I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, I think it's what up to $19,000 a year that is tax free on anybody, not just children, but I think anybody, it's up to them. Yeah. Something in that range anyway. Chris, there are limitations with 401ks, solo 401ks, and so on and so forth in terms of who you can invest with. What are those limitations? Yeah, and I appreciate you bringing that up because uh, we get a lot of phone calls uh, where people hear about, oh, I can take my retirement funds and, and go invest in real estate. And the answer is yes, you can, but the IRS does have some rules in place. And two of the biggest rules I think people need to be aware of is, especially with real estate investors, one is the idea of personal use. So personal use means that if your IRA or 401k buys something, and it could be a property, uh, maybe a vacation rental home or something along those lines, remember that it's the retirement plan that owns it, not you personally. And the IRS says you can't use things that are owned by your IRA or 401k personally. What does that mean? Well, you can't live in the property. You can't even live in it for a week. So for example, you bought a vacation property. It was an Airbnb property that most of the time is rented out, but maybe you wanted to visit once or twice a week. Unfortunately, the IRS just draws a line in the sand and says you cannot use it. So that applies to you, the IRA owner. It applies to your spouse. And then I like to explain it as, think of it as your blood descendants. So your mother, your father, your children, their spouses are not able to use those either. And so, for example, if you have a son or daughter that's attending college, you can't buy them a property that they live in while they're going to college, as an example. Now, as we get further from your blood descendants, aunts, uncles, cousins, you know, people of that nature, that's fine. 
you know, they could live in it or they could rent it for a short period of time. So that's one thing to consider. The other is I'm thinking about your do-it-yourselfers. That could be your fix and flippers or even, you know, folks that like to do some of their own work. The IRS doesn't want you in there providing benefit for that property. And in real estate, that means you can't be in there swinging a hammer, tearing down walls or painting. So just know that if you were to invest in a property that needed work or needs occasional repairs, that does need to be hired out. You can't do it personally or those people I mentioned earlier. And so those are some big things to be aware of. And that's what we're here for. And why you're doing this podcast, Alan, is we're here to educate. We don't want people to get themselves into trouble. And so any IRA custodian that allows these types of plans, they should be able to tell you those guidelines and help you. So if you have questions, it's it's better in this arena to ask first. You don't want to beg forgiveness because the IRS is not very forgiving. Yeah, from what I understand, I mean, the restrictions are minimal but they are strictly enforced. I don't know that the IRS is necessarily going out there and searching for people who are violating the restrictions, but if they are found, the penalties can be severe from what I understand. Chris, tell us about the penalties. Yeah. So I'm going to separate the penalties according to the type of retirement plan because they're a little bit different. If we're talking about an IRA, and and keep in mind that an IRA could be a traditional IRA, a Roth IRA, a SEP IRA, it doesn't matter the type of IRA, the penalty is the same. If the IRS discovers it, what's called a prohibited transaction. So let's say you you went and you stayed in your property and they found out. They will distribute the retirement account. So what that means is, is that IRA no longer exists. They basically say you used it personally. So now this is now a personal asset. Your retirement plan doesn't own that property. So if you're in a tax deferred account, like a traditional IRA, that's a big tax event. That means you're going to be paying ordinary income tax. If you're younger than 59 and a half, there's an additional 10% penalty. So the penalty is severe. If it's in a solo 401k, the penalty is not quite as severe. And it's one of the reasons that if you're eligible for a 401k, it gives you a little more, you know, if you inadvertently had a prohibited transaction, the penalty is not as damaging. It is a 15% excise tax. And then they ask that you correct the prohibited transaction, whatever that happens to be. So you get to keep the plan, but you're going to get hit with a 15% penalty on that one. So the best thing is to listen to your advisors work with these things every day and be sure you don't violate those rules and regulations and you'll be fine. It can be a wonderful vehicle to develop wealth. And as you illustrated, it can be a tax-free investment here. Chris, tell us about one of the most difficult situations you've had in conjunction with working with people. And it may be your experiences or, or some of your clients' experiences in terms of working with self-directed accounts? Yeah, I think the difficulties come in when people have unrealistic expectations or they don't quite understand the process. I'll use the example of people who maybe have gone to a weekend seminar and they hear about these accounts and on Monday morning, they open the account without really understanding how they work and timelines. And so it's important to understand that when these accounts are opened, you know, it takes a little time to move money from point A 
to point B. And sometimes when a custodian's involved, there's rules and procedures in place. And these rules and procedures are really meant for the client's security. And we're trying to protect them from fraud. And I think sometimes people get frustrated with that. And so a good example would be, Alan, like if somebody were wanting to invest with you and you had a deadline coming up in one week, the odds that we can get that done are pretty slim. And so people can get frustrated with these processes and procedures that are in place. So it's just, I think, important to ask those questions ahead of time to understand, okay, how long does it take to get the account open? How long does it take to get money in the account? And once the money's in the account, how long does it take it take us to get it sent? you know, for the investment so that people have realistic expectations. And so I've had people call up and think that that they're going to open an account and have a deal funded in two to three days. It just doesn't work that quick. You know, there's some things in place that just aren't going to allow that to happen. So I think that's where some of the frustrations come in that are more of the common frustrations that people experience. Chris, tell us a little bit about the actual timelines you've mentioned here. Just take us through a scenario of opening an account and funding a deal. So the big overall picture is, I think it's fair to expect anywhere from three weeks to a month as a reasonable timeline. So opening account is very quick. They're typically opened in a day or less. The piece that takes the longest is getting money moved. And I would say most people are moving money from an old 401k or an IRA. They're doing a rollover or a transfer. That can take anywhere from four or five days to two to three weeks. And the reason there's such great variety is we don't have any control sometimes of how the money is sent to us. And so that's where sometimes frustration comes in. So some custodians will only send money by a check and they will mail a check. So obviously that's going to take a while. Some custodians will move it in a quicker fashion. They'll do a transfer, but we don't know that ahead of time necessarily unless somebody's checked into that. So I'd say three to four weeks is a reasonable timeline. Once we have the funds, we can typically get deals churned around in three to four business days. And that's for accounts where we're the custodian. But with a lot of the accounts that we have, like that solo 401k, or sometimes we have what's known as a checkbook IRA, we're not actually holding the money. And so the client, the owner of the IRA or 401k, they have a checking account, a bank account. So they're in control. So they can wire the funds or write a check you know, instantly as soon as the funds are available. Enlightened investors, thank you for being with us today. I know you've enjoyed our show, and I hope you have learned a great deal about self-directing IRAs. Chris, thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, you're very welcome, Alan. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com. 